the pride of Limerick, a young man named Sean Sheehan. The MMA media, Don Graham McDonald. The severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot, and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Episode 115 of the Sphere of Podcast is here. My name is Sean Sheehan, and like every week, I'm back with the Nathan Drake of Irish MMA media, Graham McDonald. And this week, we have a little bit of a different choice. There isn't much week, uh, or week, there isn't much news in the world of MMA. So we're going to go to your questions. I think we have about 40, 50 questions or that. We'll, we'll get through maybe half or a third of them. We'll get through a good few of them anyway. I might give you a good half an hour, three quarters of an hour here of uh, MMA and, uh, analysis, talk, bullshit, etc. And uh, we have a couple of things to talk about as well. Peter Queeley's fight. And we'll even talk a little bit about boxing, even though Graham hates it. But um, before we do that, go on. Go on. Give it, Just give it to me. Go on. Oh, it was it handed Man United and Man City a free point. The ref did. Unbelievable. Like, tried to hand Jesse Lingard an offside goal. Gave them a penalty for no reason. Market Rashford. Marcus Rashford, two feet off the ground. Studs in the air. Gets a penalty. Disgraceful. Look, Keep, keeping you in a kicking uh, and screaming, keeping them in a kicking and let me, screaming. Let me tell you this, though. Let me tell you this. That, that, that penalty on Leroy Sané as well. What the hell is that? That is terrible. I didn't even see that, to be honest. But football, football is like a piano, right? You need eight people to lift it, three <laughs> to play it. You need eight people to lift it and three to play it. That's what you do. And Man United don't have that. We're fucked. We have enough fucking hope. Next year. Liverpool have it now. If Liverpool throw this away, I said it to you the other day, even before this. If Liverpool throw this away now, it would be bigger than the Gerard slip season. Like it's, it's actually like, the rest have, have kept it alive for Man City and Man United. They wouldn't give Phil Coutinho a penalty last week, and Liverpool ended up losing because of that. Now this week, Swansea are dominating Man United, and they give them a penalty for no reason. Middlesbrough are dominating Man City, and they get a penalty for no reason and an offside goal. The ref tried to give Jesse Lingard an offside goal, but he missed it. It's just a disgrace. You didn't even see the Man United game. We know what you were saying. I saw the highlights. Ah, afterwards. yeah, it's all just sorry changing now. Offside goal. Yeah. I saw the I saw the extended highlights on a, a website that should not be named. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Some, uh, <laughs> uh, unofficial official means. <laughs> it's the perfect. It's the perfect day for you, really. Like Arsenal are out of it. Man City uh, are probably going to get four. Man City and Man United had a loss, like they deserve to. If the refs hadn't given them a free point, it would have been a perfect day. But Jose Mourinho going off injured after ten minutes. Who would have thought that would have happened? <laughs> Especially a man who hates injuries so much. That is disgraceful. <laughs> He's Bad like example that. for the rest of his team. <laughs> He's like that M Night Shyamalan movie that's out at the moment. All different personalities, except Luke Shaw just says two. Him and Jose Mourinho. They're both. They're both in the same body. Yeah. Yeah, I'm it's good that like he's able to inhabit bodies like that. It's it's impressive, but going off after ten minutes is very, is very unimpressive, to be honest. Yeah, Man United having basically their whole defense injured as well as terrible. We're fucked. We're not even going to win the Europa League now, which is the worst. So we should just rest the players today. Ah, you will, you will. Celta, Celta have a late a late game here as well. They're playing at the moment, I think, and uh, they're crap as well. Sure, yeah, these things happen. Right, let's get into the, the MMA scene as soccer has gone to shit. I, I've never, I was never a big fan of soccer anyway. <laughs> Typical Man United fan. You'll be out of the water if it starts going right again. If Watford win tomorrow, I'll be fucking biggest soccer fan in the world. Let's be honest there. It was but, really uh, very sad to see football, football legend uh, David Moyes get relegated again. It, it was, yeah, Moyes out. Hashtag my out. He, he shows them one. I don't like Sunderland anyway. They're only short of pricks. So I'm, I'm glad they went out. Apologies to any sure, Gary Neville said he, 
they should stick by uh, David Moyes. They, they're not a sacking club, but he, would he, I wonder, would he still want David Moyes there now? <laughs> Probably. Long Gary Neville. Yeah. But anyway, let's right, let's get into the MMA. Um, I suppose the biggest Irish MMA news over the last week or two was um, Peter Queeley went out to fight nights in Russia. Who's, who's he fighting? Do you know the, the chap's name? A Russian dude anyway. Fairly, um, wasn't a bad opponent. I, t- I thought he was good all the way around. Good takedowns, not not bad striking and stuff. But Peter Queeley went out there. He really took him apart from, from kind of moment one. And the first round was pretty close I suppose the second round and Queeley definitely won it I think the second round Queeley kind of was kind of walking away with it nearly knocked him out twice I think he, you know, he probably probably could have got the finish but I think he was smart in a way because the dude he was fighting did hit hard and stuff and he, he didn't want to go you know he didn't want to go too mad to get the finish but in the third then he nearly got the finish again and I think he was kind of unlucky in the third not to get it but he he won the unanimous decision um yeah your man's name was uh, Igor Igorov uh, yeah, he did look. He looked a handy fighter. He uh, he he looked like he could have um, he could have been done a couple of times, as you said. But he he toughed it out, and uh, uh, it was a dominant decision for Queeley. I don't think uh, there was ever any doubt when the decision was being read. And uh, it's always tough to go into uh, over to Russia and Moscow and fight these these guys uh, in their in their home patch. So uh, yeah, fair play to Peter Queeley and um, it's another win. It may be not the, the the big name that he needs to to get into the UFC, but uh, it's it's a it's a very good win nonetheless and a dominant performance, which is which is always good. He didn't seem to take too much damage, so uh, he'd be able to fight against him enough, I'd say. Yeah, I think Peter Queeley is like he's been threatening a performance like this for a good while. I remember his fights over in Africa there a while back when he was, you know, there was talk from maybe getting to the UFC around then and. It was very impressive, but then there was maybe he obviously lost to Joe McCulligan. A couple of not the best performances in the world, but he got a good few wins. He beat Decky Dalton, didn't he, as well recently? But I thought this was yeah, his... yeah that was a very good fight as well. Very yeah. good back and forth war against Decky Dalton, and uh, Queeley mm-hmm. managed to over, overcome some adversity there as well, um, which is always a good sign. So yeah, he's back on the right track after the, the, the Joe McCulligan loss, which actually um, may look worse on paper, a lot worse on paper than it actually is. People, people, uh, May underestimate McCoggan and say, "Oh, how did Queeley lose to that guy?" But people who know uh, McCoggan's ability know that, uh, that that that's a very tough matchup for anybody. Yeah, hundred Like I was very impressed with Queeley in this fight. In in a number of different aspects. First of all, I thought his takedown defense was very very good. You know, he um, his opponent went for a good few takedowns throughout the fight, and he never even looked like trouble. In one at one stage, he got him kind of down to a knee. And Queeley kind of he didn't really go for a single, but he kind of went and kind of got the back and got to his side and kind of rode out in a wrestling position and then got back to his feet immediately. Like he did the exact right thing at the right time, kind of way, you know. And he's striking as well. I thought it was very good. His footwork was better than it's ever been. You know, he was landing jabs from the outside, coming in, landing one twos, getting his combinations going. And as well, another thing, and we spoke about this a few weeks ago on the podcast with, with another fighter. I think it was in it was Mike Cano, I think, actually, against uh, Jeremy Stevens. To fight in that sort of in and out, light on your feet way, especially kind of up, you know, from lightweight kind of up, it's very tough to do and keep your cardio. And I thought Queeley did it very, very well. As we said, you know, he nearly got the finish, even late in the third again, and he was still going strong uh, after three rounds. So I think it was a very, very impressive display all around, I thought, for, for Peter Queeley. And hopefully there's, you know, there's a Bama card coming up here now. There's probably a Cage Warriors card coming up pretty soon. He might be on one of them, hopefully, so the Irish fans can see him again. Yeah, he, as I say, he didn't seem to have any injuries. Maybe a couple of nicks on his face, but nothing, nothing too bad. So uh, he should be able to get straight back in there. And I'd say uh, 
an upcoming Bama card or he he likes he seems to like to fight uh, around Europe and abroad. So maybe maybe an ACB or something like that. I know one of their cards got got re- or is being rescheduled. I think uh, there was some problems uh, with, with AC one of ACB's cards. So uh, yeah, there's a, there's a good few options around Europe at the moment. So uh, I expect to see Queedy back in there quickly. Yeah, a lot of kind of opponents that he's with. You know, wait as well. He's called a good few lads out over the last last while, so I suppose there's no shortage, especially around you know the UK and Ireland, to have opponents to fight him. What's he, is he still fighting a welterweight? You know, he made it lightweight before, didn't he? he? Kind of, he's always said he's kind of an in betweener of the two weights. He, yeah, he's gone up and down over the years. Um, I think at one stage he uh, all his losses had been at one fifty five, um, until the McCoggan loss. So it's, you kind of trade off being the stronger guy for our, at the weight class for having having to, to cut so much weight and it's kind of a fine balance of whether it's worth it or not um yeah so um, it's still kind of he can still fight a boat which which gives him loads of options to, to, to take fights on short notice at welterweight and then if, if he has a lot of notice i think he can make 55 uh with the, with the right camp and maybe not on short notice though yeah anyone you you'd like him to fight i know um is it nicholas alby was released from the ufc there not too long ago He's yeah. probably gonna. He I wouldn't mind seeing John McGuire. Him. Wouldn't John McGuire fight yeah. uh, Peter Creeley? That'd be a good fight. Um, yeah, Nicholas Dalby. Um, last time I saw Nicholas Dalby, he was looking like a light heavyweight. So I don't know about. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. He's a pretty big welterweight, even even uh, when he's in shape. So uh, maybe Dalby will go to one eighty five. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah, but as I said, a lot of a uh, lot of options are on here. Yeah. And um, yeah, as I said, hopefully we'll see him. And the Bama card is coming up. I think we have a couple of questions about it later on. But the Bama yeah. card's coming up in what July is it? The start of July, so it seems like our own perfect time. And if he could get on that, uh, it'd be it'd be very good. But yeah. um, what about Tyson Nam against Ali Bags? Ty- yeah. Tyson Nam does it again. Uh, it was about five or six years ago we fought. Uh, then Bellator champion Eduardo Dantas in a shootout and knocked him out. Um, I think that was in the first round, uh, unexpectedly out of nowhere. And then uh, then he dropped a few losses, uh, I think, in Bellator. Got signed to Bellator off the back of that and lost. But uh, Ali Bagatinov had won basically 14 minutes and 59 seconds of the fight, but got head kicked and knocked out in the very last second of the, of the third round uh, on the fight. So... Uh, yeah, protect yourself at all times, and uh, <laughs> even when you think you have it in the bag, you better watch out for that for that shin coming up your head. And in UFC division as well, pretty light. I, he could get signed. Why, why not? I think he's four wins and one draw in his last five, or three wins and one draw in his last four, something like that. That's not a bad record for you know for a flyweight. Do you know who I wouldn't mind seeing him yeah. fight in any swan song? Neil Siri. And he just beat one of the best. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a good. Fo- that'd be a very good fight. Like Ali Bagatinov and Horiguchi are probably the two best uh, guys that outside the UFC in the division. Maybe, maybe I'm forgetting somebody, but uh, to to beat one of them by knockout, even though he did lose most of the fight before that, still very impressive. And Eduardo Dantas as well is another great name to have on the record. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he got picked up by uh, by Bellator again or by the UFC. Yeah, fair play to Fight Nights as well. You know they put out a good stream. Um, they, you know everything went well, pretty good show. And speaking of putting out good streams, Bama are on Dave now as well. It was announced this week, so yeah, that card is coming up. That's brilliant. 
Yeah, very good. Like so we, no more questions about Bama. <laughs> I, I don't know if you or me. I don't know if you or me said it last week. One of us said it. That, oh, they should get on Dave. And, like someone was like, oh, you knew. So <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was like, there's so many random channels they could be on uh, on Sky Digital, and the, the, why aren't they on one of them? That's, I think I said that, didn't I? Yeah, but uh, as I tweeted, so I, I actually didn't have a clue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 there, <laughs> that was just complete dumb luck. Yeah. <laughs> introduce Bellator to them lads. Introduce Bellator to the Dave. Like that, like Bellator and Dave. Yeah, would if Bama goes well, I'm surely, surely the Dave would be looking at at Bellator and um, Air Sport maybe with Bellator as well as we were saying last week. And there's just so many options there that it's ridiculous. I know we keep talking about this and we're like a broken record, but. Please, Bellator, just sort of say it, just for so we, just to shut us up at the very least. <laughs> exactly. it, it, for no other reason but to shut us up. Like. Yeah, we are two annoying bastards. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Right. Let's get into the. <laughs> let's get into the questions. We're going to answer a lot of your questions here. Anytime you want to tweet us during the week at Severemepod, send us in your questions, and we'll we'll answer them next week. We'll probably be back to normal with normal show next week, talking about UFC two eleven and that. But um, we're going to go mostly questions this week. So we let's head into it. Uh, Mr. Podge, as always, friend of the podcast. How do you think? How do you see Justin Gaethje getting on the UFC? Uh, is it bad that he didn't sign and stick around for the with the PFL? Um, I think it's a big risk that PFL thing. So I, I don't think Gaethje has time to be messing around, hoping hoping things work. And I think it was a good decision to go to the UFC. But I think um, some of the matches being touted, like Edson Barboza, uh, I don't see that going well for Justin Gaethje. I know it was a couple of, two or three years ago now, but he, he struggled in it. He didn't struggle, but uh, Nick Newell gave him some, uh, the, the he's a one-armed fighter. He was born with a defect in his arm, and he was actually, I think he was like eight or nine and oh, and he was, he was choking, rear naked choking fighters all over the place. And uh, Justin Gaethje fought him, and, uh, yeah, he w- wasn't playing sailing. I know. I know it's a few years ago, but uh, I've been impressed by Justin Gaethje. But some of the media and the fans, I think, are, are going a bit overboard. But uh, I think Barboza would pick him apart. Um, so I don't think that would be a good first fight to bring him in. I think they should give him somebody some showcase match where he can he can f- get rid of the the nerves if they're going to be there, like being in the UFC for the first time, and and just like maybe like uh, they did with Tom Duke and what, just give him give him a, not not uh, maybe a hard style matchup, but not a top level guy, somebody who gives him a few gives him a few questions to answer, but not Edson Barboza, in my opinion. Yeah. I think Justin Gaethje is one of the most exciting fighters in the world, but he's not one of the best fighters in the world. And when I say that, you know, you're fighting a lightweight. I think he's probably borderline top. He could rise, though. He could rise to the the right matchups. He could rise to the level of Edson Barboza, but I just don't think he's there yet, and I think that would be a bad matchup. He takes a ferocious amount of damage. Like He's so exciting that it actually works against him, but, you know, he's going to be very good to watch either way, and he could refine his style if he gets into the UFC. Maybe he's thinking there's lesser opponents in World Series of Fighting, and and that's you know he can do it better there. But um, we actually last week we spoke a little bit about it, and, and World Series Fighting actually contacted us to to um clear up a few things. Let me read out what they, what they said to me. This is just the tournament format that we spoke about last week. It only comes into the, it only comes into play after the playoffs. There's going to be a regular season, and then there'll be playoffs. It said most of the year will be regular season. Fighters fighters that have the best records and highest ranks will make it into a one and gone tournament playoff. And the winners will that make the winners of that will make it to the championship event to fight for one million and the title. So there you go. That clears that up. Okay. We spoke about last week. So 
Yeah, well, that yeah. So it is different to the IFL and Bellator. As I said last week, it's kind of like wait and see. It's it's never really been tried before. This exact method, similar things have been tried and they haven't really worked. Although you could say that Bellator did work work because look at where Bellator are now. But I think they they made a lot of uh, progress after they Bellator made a lot of progress after they dropped the the tournament uh, the term tournament format. Uh, yeah, so. Uh, it's a wait and see with, with what's your, or with um what is it called now the IPL PFA, PFA. <laughs> sorry yeah the PFA so uh, um there the PFL is it PFL PFA isn't it hold on professional fighters league PFL yeah yeah um the yeah it's wait and see basically yeah that's true right uh, Damien my ass and we we're getting to this now he asked about Francis Ngannou versus Anthony Joshua before we do that. What did you think of the Anthony Joshua fight? That, and that was a fight. That wasn't about. That was a fight. I don't care. That was about. That was a fight. That was a fight. There was no, there was no shin on chin. There was a few. <laughs> there was a bit of Roman wrestling though, but the referee <laughs> stepped in and ruined it. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was a really good bout. A really good, best boxing bout I've seen in in a long time, especially at, like at heavyweight. And in everybody loves heavyweight. And there was a lot of a lot of hype behind it. Um, it's brilliant. It really was. Uh, Klitschko looked like he was done early when Joshua cracked him, but he, he came back and nearly knocked Joshua out in the next round. And actually, I thought um, I thought the stoppage was a little early. Watching the back, uh, Klitschko actually blocked pretty much all of them shots. Uh, I know he was on wobbly legs, but he, he was the fact like if you're going to let him out, get up after second knockdown and, and continue, then him blocking shots is a good defense and i don't know why the ref stopped it then and not on the second knockdown if he was it was strange but it looked like it was going to be uh, aj but it looked like it was going to be aj in the fifth was it the fourth or the fifth and klitschko managed to put him down after that so you never know what would have happened that was a crazy bout and anything could have happened though i thought the ref might have been able to let that go a little longer but um apparently it's a two it was a two fight contract so there's a there's a rematch clause there and i said that'll be huge as well yeah, like I think in in boxing, it's more people looking for fighters to show them something rather than to intelligently defend themselves. I think that's the difference between MMA and, and boxing. Like after he showed him, this is unblocking all these punches. Yeah, but he was, <laughs> forward, he was just sitting there, like you know, exor- absorbing all this pressure. I see where you're coming from, Mari, but and I I agree with you a little bit, but I don't think he was coming back. I you know, and that's it's not a Klitschko, good you know, it's not yeah. it's not, not, some, not anybody. It's Klitschko. Klitschko's he came back from the similar thing in the in the same in the same bout earlier on and he's come back from tough stuff like that before um yeah i just i kind of felt bad for Klitschko, but uh, uh anthony joshua uh, seems like a really nice guy and he seems uh like he's going to be very good for for boxing which is apparently dead or was dead and has been resuscitated yeah uh, someone put up a great tweet the boxing hasn't died it's just moved to the uk which is i think is a little bit true like it's it's kind of on fire yeah. now with eddie Hearns doing a great job he's, he's back home as sky sports would say back <laughs> <home>. <laughs> yeah definitely but the fight itself like it, it, was, it was such an ebby and flowy fight if that's even a phrase like i, I thought to start, people, some people scored the first three rounds for joshua and i was like i don't know what they're watching i thought some people scored the first four rounds for joshua yeah i thought he won one i thought he won was it the second or third and i, de- I definitely had klitsch come in a couple of the two two the first three anyway and the four was i think i had a two, 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 two. Uh, yeah. i wasn't i wasn't scoring it like like i score mma 
about when I'm actually sending it in to MMA decisions or whatever. So uh, I was kind of more enjoying it. But it, uh, when I when I went clicked onto Twitter and saw some people were saying four nil AJ, I was just like, no. Yeah, <laughs> I think in, like after the two knockdowns, and I think Klitschko took over again and won maybe three of those rounds. After that, he won the seventh, eighth, and ninth. And I think. Um, AJ came back into it in the tenth and obviously got the knockout in the eleventh. But like the knockdown, do you think Klitschko? Brilliant! Like, do you think you know, Klitschko tried to coast yeah. after he thought AJ was done? Basically, uh, it seemed like he could have put him away uh, yeah. when AJ seemed to be rocked and just completely out of energy and drained. And I think Klitschko tried to play it safe. His job is unbelievable, but yeah. he's thrown that right hand a few more times when Joshua Joshua was very flat footed for a couple of rounds there, and it, it, Klitschko seemed to think that he was just going to be able to toy with him and just take the decision. But uh, in fairness to AJ, he wasn't having any of that. See, the fight suited Klitschko when it was slow, when it was at range, when he got to hit him with his jab on the outside. That's when he was winning. And he picked the right hand a couple of times, maybe four or five times in the whole fight and landed him on it. But when it got into, when it got into, you're, you're saying he should go for a go for the finish. That's when it suits Joshua. You know, that's when Joshua but, but when Klitschko came out at the start of rounds quick, that was when he, he won them rounds and, and actually hurt Joshua. When he came out quick and threw combos uh, at the start of rounds, it seemed uh, whoever, same with Joshua, the rounds that he did well in were the ones where he came out quick. I know, but like, Klitschko was establishing his jab more. I think Joshua was throwing the combinations more to win it. Like, it, he, Klitschko throws combinations too, but not in the same way as Joshua. Not with the fast hands. Like he, he controls the fight more than Joshua does. Like Joshua could lose two minutes of the round and still win it by a mile. Like you know, that's kind of just the way he fights. Like uh, I couldn't believe the way Joshua was fighting for the first four rounds, and then he came out in the fifth and fought exactly as I thought he would fight. Just threw hell for leather and nearly knocked uh, Klitschko out. But that nearly turning into him as well. Then you know he got really tired and obviously nearly got knocked out in the sixth as well before he he caught his second win. But it was just a just a magnificent fight like I did think... you did you have did you have Klitschko winning that round that he got knocked down, or knocked down in barred a knockdown so so was it a 10-9 or a 10-8 on your card yeah so would it mean hmm it was a 9-8 probably no wait wait hold on so it would mean 10-8 if Joshua won it so yeah 9-8 9-8 to, to Joshua yeah sorry it was a one, only a one point swing he, he looked like he was done Joshua thought he was done as well and then he managed to come back and take over that round. That was no nine nine. Yeah, would have been nine nine because Klitschko probably should have won around ten nine. But then Joshua yeah. knocked down, so nine nine. Yeah, yeah, that was that was ridiculous from Klitschko to, to be able to to take that round back and not lose that round. <laughs> it was just a mad fight. Like I think personally, it was probably the best boxing match I've ever seen. It was just there was been some great boxing yeah. matches, but that was fantastic. Like, Heavyweight always that massive power at any moment always adds a bit of extra anticipation to it. Like a lot of boxing matches over the years at, at all weights, including heavyweight, have just been decision after decision after decision and controversial decision after controversial decision as well because the judges don't know what they're looking at. And the judges didn't seem to know what they were looking at from the, the scorecards I saw on Twitter as well. Um, again, in this in this one. So, uh, um. Yeah, I think we're probably going to scare off a lot of MMA fans who don't like boxing. We're talking about yeah. this for too long. <laughs> I think this is a, this crossed over. Like, I think everyone loved this. It was just this was a fucking fight. Like, this was it was brilliant. I love that fight so much. Like, it was 
I, I really want to see the rematch. I know a lot of people are saying don't do it and stuff. Vlad took a, you know, he took a heavy beating in the end and things. But Josh, like, who else is going to bring bring Joshua as close as that? Like, I like Tyson Fury. I think he's really good. And I think he's underrated for what he did against uh, Vlad. But yeah, I don't think he's going to be able to do that. Yeah. yeah, but if they do fight, I don't think he's going to be able to do that to Joshua. I like Deontay Wilder as well. I think he can. He hits really, really hard. But I don't think he's as good as Joshua. Not money. It's not a money bait, is it? Yeah, it uh, probably is. I think they could probably sell out. Compared to Tyson though, and and Klitschko rematch, I think I think they're the bigger, the bigger bets. Hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, Joseph Parker is there as well. I don't think much of him really. I, I think Josh take care of him. <laughs> he's a he's a world champion. But um, okay, let's move yeah, on to Tony Bellew in there. More We're all world champions, Johnny. Just see, well, Belly's a cruiserweight world champion. Just see, um, Bellew jumping up on the canvas like hugging Joshua just after he was like, "You could be fighting him next." Like, what are you doing? What are you? What are you going? He's retired, him? isn't he? Belly. No, no, he's back now. He he had a big fight with Deontay Wilder there in the in the hallway. Well, not physical fight, but verbal fight. It was it was hilarious. IFL TV, check it out. Right, next question: Wally Frogmore at Wally Frogmore. Um, follow him. Seeing how insane the crowd was at Wembley, do you think the UFC have missed? A beat by not putting on a McGregor fight at Croke Park. Yeah, well, it, they definitely should have done the Croke Park, um, but it, it is this for some reason in Ireland and Dublin, uh, the government listened to people who happen to live beside the stadium. It's ridiculous, but it's just the way it is. Um, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. See you. Um, there's just not the correct stadium, really, in Ireland to do it because it doesn't have a roof, Crow Park, and then they have the stupid the people who happen to live nearby, and they're a bunch of grumpy assholes. Um, yeah, <laughs> basically that's it. Like that's yeah. that's what happened. Uh, the yeah. UC, I think, tried to make it happen. They talked about it for for ages, and they did look into it. Uh, I know that. I don't know. But was it ever going to come off, though? To be honest, if if it had been. If it had been um, done in Wembley, I think it would have. It wouldn't have mattered. People would have flew, flown over. It's 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 just it's, it's a fucking half an hour across the, on a plane to London from Dublin, um, forty minutes or whatever it is. Well, what's the uh, I, Wembley and Crow Park? Wembley doesn't have a roof. They don't listen to the people who happen to live nearby. Oh yeah, that's true. But they do. <laughs> like they, ludicrous, no, they do. They do. They do. They do. Oh. The fight at the weekend had to be on earlier because because of the local government and shit like that. Like. I think if Joshua's next fight, if it's on a Wimbley again, and they this go pay per view in America at like ten o'clock English time or whatever, and that sells well, I think then that could lead to McGregor fighting in, in Croke Park. I think you could, but that's going to be difficult. Yeah. There's a lot you, of you, you could do it at a weird time in Ireland. Um, you could do it at like I don't know what the the residence ban is. Is it eleven until the morning? I don't know what time in the morning. Maybe like seven or eight a.m. Could you do it at seven or eight a.m.? Could you have like a, a non um, a shortened card, just a main card, maybe five or six fights? If you really wanted to make it happen, you could, and they probably should have for the Aldo Aldo fight. Why don't they do it in like Carker, Carker, Limerick, or Galway or somewhere? Do it there because there's nothing in Limerick to. Like, there's Tom and Park. You could do it there. You like you put nah, forty thousand. Nobody wants to go to Limerick. Nobody wants to go to Limerick. Like an hour and a half from fucking forty thousand. Steve Collins fought in Cork. You could definitely do it. Doing part nah. of it's gonna be new. Yeah, it would be in Dublin if it was gonna be in Ireland. Like, yeah, but in, all, they're all cunts in Dublin, like so you can't do it there. <laughs> you said that, man. <laughs> You're the one saying it. So yeah, yeah. I don't think it's ever. I never thought it was gonna happen. And I still don't think it'll ever happen. But uh, Millennium Stadium. 
Fuck Wales. Remember that? That's the reason I said that. Just so you probably saying that. I love that fella. All right, Damien, my ass again. Who's the podcast favorite friend, Mr. Podge or Nick Leah? I'll, I'll leave it to you as a as a longer standing member of the podcast. It's cop out. That's like asking me to pick three <laughs> of my children. That's you love them just the same. That's what the, the cop out answer yeah. is. Podge Gildea, that's what I go with. Mr. Podge asks, what do you think of uh, Ally Quinta's Donald Trump impersonation on Twitter for the last few days? Ah, yeah, fair play to him. It's, it's, been, a, it's been a few funny ones, so uh, why not? Yeah, people, just... people are people are finding out who he is. Uh, yeah, perfect. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Kind of, he kind of blew the the post fight interview, but then since then he's been he's been brilliant. I think. I think his comment about Dana White, you know, he's in that health and fitness or some shit like that, some magazine, and like with Men's the most health, yeah. with the most photoshopped picture of all time, and they called him like the Warrior King, and he's like, yeah, the Warrior King who never fought or something like that. <laughs> it's like, Jesus, he's looking like half Dana White, half Donald Trump, and just eatering people, and it's it's never hilarious. fought. He's, he's going after boxers, is he? Why <laughs> dig shade? Some some right, coach. <laughs> Gav K Gav, sorry, Coach Gav KSF. Uh, more accurate Niall McGrath comparison: The Undertaker or Fran from Love Hate? Fran from Love Hate. But, yeah, yeah not enough people outside of Ireland know what we're talking about when we call him Fran from Love Hate because it's an Irish, an Irish mm-hmm. program, and uh, so The Undertaker is more universally known. Is it true you got a pool cue, pool cue stuck up his arse as well? Is it? <laughs> but that's that's that happened in the show by the way i'm not yeah okay uh, let's move on harry powell at harry underscore powell 18 scott Coker versus dana white in the three-round mma fight who you got dana white he's been taking yeah. more uh brazilian supplements or uh t- t- uh foreign supplements <laughs> he's the warrior king of course he went. and he's a former boxer <laughs> boxing trainer and he boxing, he, he, boxing he, he once was he once was uh, licensed to to box Tito Ortiz, so he must be good. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> he passed all the rigorous tests in the <laughs> he Vegas Commission. Watch that. What's that called again? Bad blood, is it? Or Bad blood. Spoiler yeah. alert. Tito doesn't turn <laughs> up. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently they fought in a plane as well. Did you hear that? came out recently. I think it was came out before as well, but i kind of forgotten. But yeah, that should be good crack. Anyway, Nickel Day asks, what's your favourite movie? Ooh... Hmm. Mine was Terminator 2 Judgment there for a long time. But That's I really like um, watch them many a time, I think. Yeah. I really like uh, um uh, Cinderella Man. Not a great boxing film as well. And there's mm. one that came out recently, um uh, the one with um the one with Benedict Cumberbatch in it when he's like the, the mathematician, the, the imitation game. That's a fucking brilliant film. So there you go, there I'm not sure. it actually. Um brilliant. Uh, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. I do like Tarantino movies a lot. Yeah. Uh, Glorious Bastards, Bastards Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, like, brilliant. Um, some Jim Carrey movies like Liar Liar, Dumb and Dumber. Oh, brilliant. Um, I wouldn't have a I wouldn't have a firm favorite. It just depends on what mood I'm in or changes from time to time. No answer from Graham there as usual. Okay, let's move on again. Who would you want to see Dan Hardy fight if he comes back? Who would you want to see Dan Hardy fight if he comes back? Uh, Mickey Gall called him out. Back. Yeah. Well, he was uh, he was a bit of an Eddie Alvarez when uh, when he was around. He was losing fights and getting decisions, and then he got a title shot. And um, 
Yeah. Yeah. And that was about ten years ago now as well. So the game moves on very quickly. Look at BJ Penn, like that is true. That is you BJ There you go. Matt Hughes as well. He was talking about coming back. He could fight him. But uh, oh, I hope he doesn't come back more than anybody. Please don't yeah, come back. Definitely. Uh Nate asked again, we asked, someone asked earlier on and we never answered it. Francis Ingenau versus Anthony Joshua. How many clean punches does he take? Does Joshua take before he gets knocked out? In yeah. a fight? Yeah. Oh, um, three. <laughs> he just gets yeah. taken down and then he gets coffin nailed three times. That's true. Eamon McLean asks, should teams that blatantly dive be docked 10 points? Am I putting into it? Yeah, I agree. Like Liverpool would be probably be eight or ninth if that was the case. So, yeah. <laughs> you joking. Did you watch the football today, mate? Yeah, I saw it. it was uh, there was contact there with the goalkeeper. Like in fairness, after he threw his stunts <clears> up in the air, two footed lunge he, from Rashford. Look, the goalkeeper still touched him. It was Lucky a stupid challenge to make from the goalkeeper. It was a clear dive. Oh, like man, that, was to, a, uh, that was a clear dive. I have to. That's not even. That's not even one where like he didn't even make it look good. Like it was, it was, was terrible. terrible. It was a terrible dive. He needs to go back to Ashley Young and get some tips. Ashley Young, you gotta kick the kick the, kick the inside like of your own leg. That's what like Ashley Young has it down perfect. In fairness, yeah. Ashley Young, like the most underrated player in the Manchester team, probably in the Premier League. Very good. Fellaini as well, though. He has to be up there. Um, Nick Leas, what are your what fight are you looking forward to most on the Bellator one eighty slash NYC card? He says Aaron Pico's debut. Um, I'm very. I'm looking forward to Chinzo and James definitely. Um, they they changed probably... the. It's better now against Phil Davis. Well, it's better against Phil Davis now, isn't it? Yeah. King out. Yeah. The champion steps in for the. <laughs> strange. It's kind of strange, actually. The, the Phil Davis champion, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He is yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's probably going to be a boring fight, I'd say. Um. I can see that being very boring. I don't know if that's a good idea. To is that going to be the lead into the pay per view? Apparently. I think so. Yeah. That could, uh, I don't know. They might have, you might want to put that on pay per view for name value and keep it off free TV <laughs> in, in yeah. case it stinks. Yeah. Like James and Chinjo, that is good firing all over. Like if it says on the field, it'd be very good. Of course, the ground, James is always a very good quick finisher yeah. on the ground. And it's yeah. a good test of James as well. Like it's just, Definitely, that's yeah. kind of the most interesting part of, uh, for me, but that's from an Irish perspective, obviously. Yeah. I think Vanderlein gets jail be fun as well. It might be terrible, but it'd be fun. Do you think that will actually happen? Why, hmm. For some reason, I don't know if that will happen. I don't know. Vanderlei isn't the type of fucker to pull out of fights, though, unless he's failed the drugs or well, runs away from a drug test or gets suspended. No, no, Henan Brow, Henan Brow. Remember, he apparently he just like started talking about Henan Brow and then just walked off. That was uh, apparently when the drug tester came for Vanderlei, he just yeah. was like, "Oh, I'm going to see Henan Brow, Henan Brow, Henan Brow," and he just left. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he, he just said, like, he... "Oh, come back here," and they're like, "No, I gotta go see Henan Brow." <laughs> he said he, he said he couldn't speak English, even though like he was working the front desk of a fucking gym in fucking in America at the time. Jesus, what a man! Know. Yeah, these things happen. Evan McLean asks again: thoughts on that big country GSP? If you didn't see the pictures of GSP came out this week with a big belly on him, right? thoughts oh, on um, uh, thoughts on GSP's belly? Um. I don't want to uh, say anything. You don't want to fact check. It's a touchy oh, subject. Oh, oh really? Uh, oh, Jesus! I don't know. There's been questions of, said... uh, about. Uh, it's been there's been questions about GSP's gut over the years before. Uh, look into yourselves. 
I don't even know what you're talking about, but uh, okay, well, let's move on. I think I think he's just bulking up, you know, 185. He always said he's going to do it well, put on the weight, so I think he, that's what he's doing. Uh, Andrew Pearson at Vorpality asks, does Anthony Joshua get tra- traction in Ireland the same way he does in the UK? I think he does. I think does he get what? Here. Traction. Uh, probably not the same, but yeah, no, people were definitely like, uh, people were definitely watching that bout. Uh, Sky Sports has a a way of um, hyping even even uninteresting boxing bouts into a huge thing, and this one actually had a, a lot of interest behind it. It was is Klitschko past it? Is he old? Can Joshua knock him out if he goes long? Can he like it answered so many questions as yeah. well about both of them? Well, not really about Klitschko. Well, it, it said that he's not old, but that he's he's aging. <laughs> Obviously, he's aging, but um, it was a brilliant performance from him as well, and the way he came back like in that. To went to recover that round was just unbelievable. Um, yeah. yeah, I think he's getting traction, but obviously not the same as in the UK. Just Sky Sports, have, Sky Sports News is just on in every bookies, every pub. People have it on in the background of their houses in the UK and Ireland while they're while they're working or while they're doing other other things. And you, you hear enough about about it that you end up wanting to watch it. That's why it's very important for uh, MMA to, or UFC to get on to Sky Sports at some stage to have Sky Sports News vehicle behind it promoting these fights like if conor mcgregor people will be foaming at the mouth for conor mcgregor fights if sky sports news were promoting them 100 more than they already are <laughs> yeah i agree uh i think this on nick williams asks should bisping defend his title over the summer gsp's reluctance to fight is needlessly holding up the division plenty of contenders i don't think so i like this fight has been announced now they're you know they've done a press conference to talk about it and everything it's going to happen. We know Bisping wants a big money fight. They need to bring GSP back in a big fight. And, you know, this seems like the fight for him. Tyron, Tyron Woodley said he's fighting, obviously, the welterweight champion uh, coming up in a few months again. With no, There's no uh, contender announced for that. So I think this is, you know, you might like it. It's probably, uh, we talked about it a few weeks ago. I don't think there's any great fights to make in that division. There's a few great contenders as well, like, obviously, Robert Whitaker and, and uh, Yoel Romero and stuff. But... I never minded this fight too much, to be honest. I'm I'm not too bothered. The middleweight division is kind of shit and has been for years. And just you know, there's there's always been some. If good they wanted to, 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 if they wanted to try and do a stadium show in Australia, having a New Zealander like Robert Whitaker as a champion would be big, and they could call an audible with GSP uh, to fight Woodley. But I don't think GSP has any interest in that. I think he knows that uh, Woodley hits hard and. Uh, and he doesn't. He doesn't want that. I don't think uh, he likes the the Bisping matchup a lot better. Um, but if if the UFC wanted to to try and WME ING wanted to put on a massive stadium show in in Australia, I think I know he's from New Zealand. But Whitaker is uh, like he. I think him against Bisping could do very big numbers. Uh, and him against GSP if he wins the belt. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know what GSP is going to do. If he wins the belt, then he's kind of has to, to fight the number of contenders. But it, it seems like he just wants big money fights, the biggest money fights. So hmm, it's strange. Maybe he'll give up the belt and go to welterweight or give up the belt and do catchweights. Or... Remember when GSP retired or, or didn't retire, took his break or whatever? He said uh, the pressure of being champion, he just he was kind of, he just didn't want the champion to be the champion anymore. <laughs> yeah. he's gone long enough now I think he's I think Anderson said the same thing when he when he lost he was kind of he said he was kind of relieved that he wasn't the champion anymore that the, the pressure of it was just for for so many years was too much 
that's true. Right, Pashtian asked, with rumours of McGregor and Mayweather talk stalling, how long should Conor wait in his prime before calling his losses and taking an MMA fight? I think he should wait long enough so this fight is totally dead and not going to happen. I think he should wait as long as he possibly can. Yeah, it's been it's been good timing for Connor with the with the baby and the break that all this stuff has kind of happened <laughs> happened at, the, at this time. So he hasn't really lost any time. This was always a planned break. So now when he has his kid in the next few days or where whatever it is, um, then then he's obviously going to want to spend a bit of time with that kid. So he, he he's in no rush, Connor. He's got a he's got tens of millions in his bank account. He's he's doing all right. He's he's in no rush, and he knows that um that if this Floyd fight doesn't happen, that he can basically choose who he wants to fight in the UFC. Yeah. So, so there's, there's no rush. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Harry Pauligan asked, who do you want to see on the Glasgow card? I was, I was thinking about this. What about Jimmy Mano and the main event? Hmm. He might be Is a little bit... They might, yeah, it depends. Uh, they might want him on a on a bigger card, maybe, the UFC. Yeah, yeah maybe. Wouldn't I? Yeah, it looks like Jones and then DC is going to happen, but... You could give Stevie Ray a, a top guy and put that as a main event in Scotland. Like Scotland, yeah. the Scottish fans probably want one of their guys in the main event. Like Irish guys want us, Irish fans want an Irish guy in the main event. Even if it is um, uh, a big underdog, it doesn't matter. What about Stevie Ray against Habib? Habib needs a comeback fight. Yeah, if Khabib, if, if Habib can, yeah, can come back. Ramadan, when's Ramadan over? I don't know. When is the Glasgow guard? I don't understand about Ramadan. You, you can't eat or drink unless it's dark. Why can't he just adjust his body clock so that he's only up when it's dark? Yeah. Is it, what's yeah, the problem? I don't understand. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. We're we're obviously we're obviously not high functioning um, athletes, so maybe you need to you need to eat more than fucking twelve hours a day or something. I don't know. But anyway, let's move on. Um, we have a couple of questions there about Bellator's new flyweight signings. They fly, signed uh, Valerie Letourneau from uh, Jim Millsap there. Yeah, I think they're adding to it well. I think there's probably going to be more additions coming up. That I think Letourneau is a very mm. good addition. Um, they one two five uh, division, isn't it? <clears throat> one two five. Yeah, the um, I think Jordan Breen was talking about a couple of the additions they they got as well. So they're they're um, they're looking good. Like it's it's I, I've said as well. They should add a cruiserweight division. You know, they want things that the UFC don't have. They want different things. They could have a cruiserweight division, like, easily do it. And it'd be something you could say, we have the best cruiserweight in the world. You know, they, they should do I hope, it. I hope they don't do it because the UFC will follow and then it's, just, it's, gonna, it's gonna be like boxing where everybody's a champion. I don't know, will they? They might not, but we'll see. Um, Kev at Kev92 Kelly, how come United are crap, Sean? Because they can't score. There you go. Jeff Shannon, if the UFC could get it Leeds, done, Leeds, Leeds, don't be slagging Leeds. Leeds. Who do, you want to see, who do you want to see McGregor fight at Croke Park if they could get it done? Woodley. Really? Jesus. I'd um, love that. I, do you know what I'd fight? I think it'd be perfect for the Aldo rematch at 155. Ah, uh, 155, okay. <laughs> if, Aldo, um, if Aldo beats Holloway. I think, you need a fresh, I think you need a fresh fight if you're going to do a stadium. Not one that somebody's been planked in 13 seconds. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe uh, Habib, so right. And Habib, Honor, yeah. Habib, uh, if Habib can, can, he needs to sort himself out. He's not gonna, I don't know if you're gonna take a risk on Khabib. He's gonna have to fight again, um, and he's gonna have to make weight, no problem. And he's gonna have to look really good. <laughs> he's really put himself back here again. Like, this is just, yeah. he can't keep doing this, he can't keep missing weight. 
Yeah. Andy Hall and a few more people as well have asked about Jermaine the random eaters. Talks about her maybe giving up her belt or the UFC moving on with Cyborg fighting for the belt. What are, what are your, I, don't, I haven't heard of much yeah, about yeah. Um, I saw a tweet saying that she said, "Oh, she probably won't be fighting um, till at least the last quarter of the year, if even, if even ever." So I don't know. Maybe she's trying to get a better contract now that she's champion, and she's, they're playing a bit of hardball, and she's trying to play hardball back. It's really hard to know because it's it's common. It's tweets about comments from her. It's I haven't actually seen the interview with her, or she hasn't. I haven't. Maybe there is an interview out there with her since, but I haven't seen it. Um, so I'm not really sure. Yeah, it's so weird. Like, imagine if they did an interim title. There's three people in the division, and they're doing an interim title. Like, just I'm sure, interim titles are to a penny these days. That's true. That is true. Yeah. Right. Let's move on. Me and McLean ask, give our quick fire predictions for UFC two eleven. We go from the bottom up. Frank Edgar against Jair Rodriguez. Uh, oh, this is a tough one. This is very quick. I, uh, I reserve the right to change my. I haven't watched the. I haven't watched the uh, tape yet, but I go yeah year. I'm gonna go yeah year as well. Eddie Alvarez versus Dustin Barrier. Ah, this is very tough. Coming back off an humiliation like that for Eddie Alvarez is tough. Mm-hmm. Um. Um. Oh, it's very tough. Uh, it's gonna be a split decision to. Uh, Poirier. I think Alvarez's current grueling wrestling style and if he connects on Poirier's chain he could knock him out so I think Alvarez will win either way Maya against Masvidal Maya, Maya why is Maya an underdog Mental. what he's an underdog he's an underdog mental no he's like 2.2 he's like a slight underdog this is it's mental I actually should put money on before this podcast comes out because <laughs> it's it's gonna move I didn't know that. Yeah, Mayel definitely went out. He'll take him down. People overrate Donald Trump. Masvidal. Boxing. Uh, Masvidal lost yeah. split decisions to guys people probably haven't even heard of recent enough. Uh, small guy. Maya is a beast. He he doesn't mess around in the feed. He gets trips, throws. He has high heavy top pressure. He's always looking for openings. Uh, he's got great ground and pound. Like I'd be shocked if Masvidal wins this, to be honest. If Masvidal wins this, it's because age has caught up with them in Maya, I think, mainly. <laughs> I don't know what the bookies are thinking here, to be honest. Masvidal is good, like, but I don't think he's in Maya's class. I know Maya as well. Ian Jacek against Andrade. In Jacek. Yeah, I think she will as well. Although Andrade could be dangerous. I reserve my right to change that one as well. I'm going to look at it. And Steve oh, against Junior. That's a very tough one again. Um... <sighs> Um, I just think the damage Junior has taken over the years is just so bad. It's just so much damage piled up. But I think I had him winning the. the I can't actually remember, but it's very close the first time these two fought. I think I had a JDS winning, but um, I can't really remember. I think this time Miocic will win just because of damage on Junior Santos. But I wouldn't be surprised at all. Junior Santos is a big hitter. Miocic got finished by uh, uh, Stefan Struve before. I know that was years ago, but he's uh, he's he can be he can be stopped as well. Um, heavyweights have a habit of not being able to defend their belts as well, so it's a really yeah, tough one. But I'll go with Miocic. I'm going to see as well. I think he'll knock him out. Uh, Parshin, if the UFC still want to give Ferguson an interim lightweight title fight, do you think it be, should be Habib, Nate, Edson, or the winner of Dustin versus Eddie? I'd love to see Nate. 
Nate, Nate is a horrible style matchup for uh, Ferguson, I think. Horrible style matchup. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think Nate's better than him everywhere. Um, except maybe leg locks or um, except maybe some certain bits of jiu-jitsu. But I think, uh, I think the southpaw awkwardness of, of Nate. Um, if Tony just banged leg kicks and played it really smart, I think he can win that. But I think it's it's an uphill struggle. Now. Uh, I think uh, the length of Nate as well. I know people take the piss out of out of how big Nate is or whatever the 200 pound Terminator or whatever, but he is a big guy and he's long and he knows how to use his frame very well. And he's come on a lot. Like a lot, a lot of the fights Nate Diaz lost, he, he, he wasn't really there a hundred percent mentally and focused. I think uh, when he was having that contract dispute with the UFC, he didn't, he didn't seem like the same guy. I think recently he's turned a corner and he's, he's, I think he beats Tony Ferguson. Yeah, I, like I could see Ferguson going down doing one of his like rolling leg lock attempts and Nate just like landing on top of him and just landing a shitload of shots down on him and he giving up his back and Nate choking him out or something like that. I could see that happening. Like, you know, I think it's a good mm. fight though. I, wouldn't... I think five rounds suits Nate as well. Well, so the interim title would be, um, would make it five rounds, which would put it, it even more in Nate's favour. I think Tony has fought some really good guys, but I don't think he's been tested against a real top guy. Yeah. I don't Tony think fought... Lando can do to Nate what, yeah. what he did to Ferguson. Like Ferguson fought, fought RDA, but that's not the same RDA that you know won the title or anything like that. But um, yeah, that's Alexis Sanchez. Okay, here we go. A couple more. What's your who? McLean asks, "Who's your favorite ever Joe Rogan Experience guest?" He's is Randall Carlson. Who uh, Bill Burr? I think the first time I heard Bill Burr on the podcast, I just couldn't stop laughing. I had a pain in my side. Mine is that was um, years ago now. I, I like Randall Carlson as well. I, I don't know how much of his shit is true, but he says interesting stuff, and he saws great, um, great pictures and so. I like uh, Jim Jeffries. I think he's hilarious, and Greg Fitzsimmons as well. He's really, really funny. There was actually a dude on the other day, and he was the worst guest ever. Taddeus Russell, I think his name was. He's Are just you? the biggest mm. dickhead of all time. <laughs> I used to listen to, to all the Rogan podcasts from this back in this when they started, and they weren't like five or six a week. I just can't keep up at the moment, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. What's your favorite moment in sport as a fan? <sighs> um, don't know. Um, probably, probably Liverpool winning Istanbul was it? Surely when they're training down. Yeah, what moment though? Yeah, um, like the moment of Dudek saving Shevchenko's penalty. Maybe that is it. Mm, I don't think so though. Um, as were there, fan, were there uh, McGregor knocked out Aldo as well? I suppose that wasn't as a fan, but still, it's a, yeah. That was kind of I. I had been talking about McGregor <laughs> for a long time, and a lot of people had thought I was just biased. So that was kind of gratifying to to be proven right. Um, but that was that was more that was I suppose I'm, yeah I'm kind of a fan as well of MMA like you kind of you kind of yeah, have to be a fan to be in the MMA game. My f- my yeah. favorite moment was when Limerick played Tipperary there one year and they played three times. There was they had two draws and then Limerick won the third game. But like I think it was the second game, Limerick were down ten points with seven minutes to go. And they came back. They didn't score any goals. They just got ten points. And it was just one of the most unbelievable. We went to extra time. It was a draw after extra time. And then Limerick won in the third game. And like we ran out onto the field and everything. It was just. It was unbelievable. Like it was. Can I make a controversial joke? And um, nobody's allowed to give out to me. Okay, go on. All right. My favorite sporting moment was when um, Ireland won a friendly against New Zealand recently. 
<laughs> oh, I, just, I thought you were talking about soccer there for now. Okay, rugby. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> As if we would have beaten them in the World Cup. Come on. Yeah, that is. Jesus it's like, small. It's small team syndrome celebrating a friendly like it's the World Cup. It just. Yeah. I liked I, I, I thought it was great. I celebrated it. Don't at me. Do I enjoyed it too. I enjoyed it too, but the way people went on, it was ludicrous, to be honest. It was a friendly. Like New Zealand, would have, New Zealand would have played a way better team and would have hammered us if that was the World Cup. If that actually mattered to them as much as it mattered to us, we would have lost, in my opinion. Yeah. Right. Uh, we've three or four more here. Andy Hall, Bootneck Andy, friend of the podcast. Who's the most underrated active UFC fighter? Oh, it's so hard to. This is such an underrated and overrated. It's so hard because people rate people so differently. Um, uh, Justin Gaethje is pretty overrated. <laughs> uh, even though I love him, like I've watched so many of his fights, uh, gone out of my way to find uh, ways to watch uh, Justin Gaethje fights, and I've enjoyed loads of them. But the way people are talking about him as if he's about to take over the division with a, in two fights time is, is ridiculous. But I'm, I'm sure a lot of people underrate him as well, people who don't know him. So it's, it is a tough one. Um, underrated is a question. Do you know, I, I, I remember someone asked us a while back and I said Ryan Bader, obviously he's gone now. Bisping is a bit underrated. Isn't he? Like Bisping is very good everywhere. Yeah. You know, and he's, Frankie Egger is overrated. Um, he's underrated. I, you know who's underrated? Benil Dariush. Oh, sorry. He's an underrated fighter, right? Yeah. Yeah, he was doing really well against Barbosa until he got destroyed. <laughs> Gunnar Nelson <laughs> is underrated. Gunnar Nelson is better than people. Like, he's below Cerrone in the rankings now. Well, it's, it's it's when uh, when when Gunnar lost, people just kind of gave up on him. It was weird. When he lost yeah. the story, there was a lot of hype. And then people were like, okay, it was a bad performance. But, um, like, this is MMA. <laughs> These things happen. Like, you know, people lose and come back better. And... Yeah, I think um, people are starting to get behind Gunnar a bit again, but uh, I saw people being critical of his, uh, not critical, but like not that um, high on his performance against Joe Ban, saying that he was being outstruck until he, uh, that, I just, that, that wasn't the fight I saw anyway. Yeah, he wasn't yet as people. Jose Aldo as well, shout out for Jose there, he's a bit, uh, <coughs> he's a bit underrated. Uh, Dara Kelly at Kildara, nice username there, I like that, C-I-L-L. Uh, who's the worst commentator in combat sports? Used to be Jim Watt, but he's gone now. Oh, in combat sports. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Jesus. Um, Kenny Florian's kind of gone as well. He was definitely the worst. Yeah. Um, there's some terrible, terrible Sky Sky Sports boxing commentators. Um, awful. Uh, whenever when I watch boxing bouts, their, their scorecards and the way they comment, commentate on fights, I don't know their names, but uh, I, I think the standard of, of English, you know, British... Um, Boxing commentary is pretty bad. Yeah, Carol um, Fratch was. I thought Carol Fratch was terrible at the weekend in the Joshua fight. I thought he was really bad. I was actually watching on um, a different. In America, you flew to America, didn't you? you were, yeah. yeah. Just took took the severe private jet uh, yeah. across. <laughs> exactly right. Couple more. Um, how did I get the figs into the fig rolls from Sinead Noonan at Noonan Sinead, who was actually went to the Debs with me? There you go. Oh yeah. yeah. How did you get Richard to go with you? Fuck no. Listen, the old shit, old shit brown, brown paper envelope, <laughs> <laughs> chloroform, and uh, <laughs> right. uh, the old chloroform trick. Yeah. There you go. I don't know how to get the figs into the fig rolls. I, I always thought they put the the fig rolls on the figs. That's always been yeah, exactly. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Aaron Cullen, era two f- four seven. Which 
Well, would Mike Perry have a decent chance against Woodley? Mm, not, well, a decent chance. Uh, no. no, he'd have a chance, but no, not maybe in the future. He he has a lot of things to work on. He's very hittable, and uh, if Tyrone Woodley hits you, uh, you're going down. Yeah, he's terrible takedown defense as well. I just think he gets destroyed by Tyrone Woodley. Yeah, and he gets very tired though. Steen Berglund asked about Norwegian fighters. Alexander Jacobson is fighting Tom Green at uh, Cage Warriors. Looking forward to that. Um, is Nicholas Dalby's Norwegian, isn't he? Yeah. There's another, there's the best Norwegian fighter. There you go. And Mark Fahey at Mark Fahey 2. Last question. Which UFC champions are not the best fighters in their respective divisions? Okay, let's go through it division by division. Uh, Shevchenko or Dunia, sorry. Is she the best fighter in her division? Yeah, I think she is. Uh, hmm. Yeah, probably. Ian Jacek, I think she is. Yeah. Uh, Dimitri Johnson obviously is. Cody Cody Garbrandt, is he better than TJ or Dominic? Hmm. The TJ thing. I, I think he'll be TJ, but that's that's a very tough on the call. We'll see soon yeah. enough. <laughs> I think I think TJ is better than Cody, but I think Dominic is better than TJ, but I think Cody's better than Dominic, <laughs> which makes no mm. sense. So I'm going to go... They always make no. matches. They always make matches. They do. Yeah, it's tough. That, could be, they, they, them belt, that belt could be changed hands for a while, but Cody Garbrandt is improving massively in between fights as well. Uh, yeah. The improvements he made before the Dominic Cruz fight were massive, so I'm assuming, maybe wrongly, but I'm going to assume that he's going to be at least a bit better. I know the Ultimate Fighter is a bit of a distraction but tj has the exact same distraction so uh, i think garbrandt yeah I, i'm gonna go with tj uh featherweight jose aldo <laughs> i know what i know what you want to say i know what you want to say what am i gonna say then uh, god conor mcgregor is the real best featherweight in the world he was stripped for nothing I think he should have been stripped. Um, yeah i think he should have been stripped um it's definitely aldo though, the fact that mcgregor's gone i think yeah, Holloway. I like the way Max Holloway actually won his belt, though, and uh, Aldo didn't. That's kind of a... Aldo was, Aldo was handed the belt twice, in fairness, and I'm, like, the biggest Jose Aldo fan in the world, but yeah, I'd like to see him beat Holloway. Yeah, he's had a lot of he's had a lot of luck, Aldo. Uh, he, he acts like the UFC have treated him terribly, but being handed two belts is completely unprecedented. Like. Yeah. Uh, lightweight, McGregor, I... <laughs> I think we were asked this a while back, and I said Habib, but I don't know anymore. Is Habib the best? No, like McGregor. I've been telling you this for years. He can't, he's striking <laughs> compared to McGregor's is 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 so far apart. And then McGregor yeah. obviously isn't as good a wrestler as Norman Gamedo, but the, it's so much closer than it is on the feet. I don't know about that. I don't know. Habib, like his hands are going all over the place. He, like he can't even the the basics of striking aren't there. Yeah. And he can't um, make weight as well. So that's true. Welterweight, Tyron Woodley. Hmm. I don't know. Under by uh, Stephen Thompson threw away that fucking yeah. two fights. <laughs> so I suppose maybe he doesn't. Maybe he can't rise to the occasion. He's too much of a nervous, nervous guy. Thompson, he can't do it on the top stage. Like Maya, and if Maya gets a hold of Woodley, like if he just trips him or just manages to end up on top somehow, I think it's done. Um. But Maya's getting old as well. Uh, like, it's really tough. I think Maya's a bad Maya's fought, I think Woodley's Maya's bad. fought some big guys as well. He's been a middleweight for ages. Like, I know Woodley's a big guy, but Maya's fought some big guys over the years. Um, I think Maya's the best in the division. 
I think he beats Thompson and he beats Woodley. I think he beats Thompson, but I think Woodley knocks him out. I don't think he can take Woodley down. I don't know. He always manages. He, he takes everybody down. I know you did the fight that you forgot about. The Roy McDonald fight. He got him yeah. down. He did. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I think Woodley is different. Right he has little sneaky trips and throws and just he's relentless. Since he got knocked out by Nate Marquardt and whatever what it was, eight seconds or seven seconds. He, he hasn't been messing around on the feet at all. I think there's a stat. He's been hit four or five times in, in the last like, yeah. four fights. It's ridiculous. Like. Yeah, but that's because he's been taking everyone down. I don't because he, he gets, down. gets people down with such ease Woodley. and he keeps them down. Yeah, but Woodley's a different beast. Yeah, and you have to remember how defensive Woodley is as well. Like, he won't give you an opportunity. But he, put, fast, he puts so. his back up against the cage, which is uh, gives Maya chances but to get in there. That was against Wanderby, though. He won't fight the same way against Maya. Like, look what he did to Robbie Lawler. He went out and just. Well, he did that against Robbie Lawler as well, didn't he? Oh, he Originally, went straight at Robbie Lawler and knocked him out. Like, no. Yeah, sorry, 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 sorry. Robbie Lawler put his back against the cage, actually. Yeah. 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 All right, middle at Michael Bisping. No. Is he in the, he in the top 10? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> he's in the top 10, yeah. Yeah, he is. I think Yol is better than him. I think Rockall is better than him. I think Whitaker is better than him. I, Sassy, I think they're around the same. I think Jacker is better than him. I think Weidman, a little bit better than him. Anderson, about yeah. the same. There you go. Anderson's De- better than him. He beat him twice in one fight. Yeah. <laughs> I lost. Uh, light heavyweight, Dan, Daniel Carmi, obviously not. John Jones is obviously better. Uh, heavyweight, yeah. Actually, uh, maybe maybe Daniel Cormier is the best middleweight. <laughs> did you see Seriously? someone else? I don't know why people people <laughs> pretend like... He, like Why did nobody ever mention that? Like Rashad, everybody talked about Rashad, should have went down to middleweight. People always want people to go down weights. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. Why people, Daniel Cormier looks like a, a middleweight. Big Country versus uh, Daniel Carmier rematch at middleweight. Who do you think wins that? <laughs> at middleweight. At middleweight. Yeah. So big Country has to get to middleweight. Yeah. Ooh, he could definitely no make middleweight. He could make middleweight way oh, yeah. than Carmier could. Yeah. Sure. Remember um, Joey Beltran? He went from heavyweight yeah. to middleweight or to lightweight to middleweight, and he still could have probably went to welterweight. <laughs> this fat shaming this podcast today is atrocious. It's not. It's just. It's not fat shaming at all. Um, I'm just I'm calling it like it is. Yeah, we forgot. Uh, heavyweight then Stipe is Kane the best. I think Stipe is the best. <sighs> um, I think for Doom. I think for Doom is the best. No, I don't think so. I think he just blew it. He just blew it. I he's unbelievable on the ground. He's striking is he throws with. Uh, he's old now as well, though. I think, I think it's very tough at heavyweight because, I think for Doom it's probably the best, most well rounded. Anyway, is he the best? Mm. Francie will be the best, but he's a bit raw still at the moment. Um, Derek Lewis is obviously the best, actually. So. <laughs> <laughs> Derek Lewis could beat anyone, and he's there. Like it's just disgusting yeah. for me to say that, but he could. But I, I think Stipe. We were talking about the most underrated. I think he's up there with the most underrated in the division as well. I think he's really, really good. Uh, women's featherweight cyborg is obviously the best. Not Jermaine Durand, anyway. It's, uh, yeah. Okay. That's it. Good podcast. I enjoyed it. How long did we go? I'd say we went about an hour, did we? I'm not sure. Yeah, I'd say we did. It's probably about the same as fucking normal. <laughs> <laughs> just do this every this week. Is be half an hour job, lads. <laughs> we'll just do this every week, lads. Uh, so keep your questions coming in. If you've anything to add after this podcast, send them at Severe and Pod. Um, we're going to be back, obviously, next week talking about a lot more stuff. Follow Graham at Severe and May. Tweet out the podcast, please, lads. If your question got answered, say, here, they had lads answer my question. It was a terrible answer. It was a good answer. Whatever. Tweet it out. Um, Follow me at Sean Sheehan BA. Go over and follow PT and I. Listen to Talking Brawls out on probably Wednesday night, Thursday morning. Um, 
go over and like the Severe MMA Facebook page, like my Shanti and MMA page, everything else. Graham, anything to add? That no, is? That's good. That's good. Right, let's do it. The greatest mistake you can make in life is to continually be afraid you will make one. See you next Tuesday. Or Monday. Or even Sunday. I, maybe Sunday. <laughs>